Guys, if you're anything like me, looking at maps has always been a huge part of my preparation and execution for my outdoor adventures. I have been using GoHunt digital maps on desktop and mobile for quite some time now. I have used these maps for years for my in-depth e-scouting tactics and my methods of using offline maps during the hunt. Well, now I'm happy to report GoHunt maps now covers all 50 states. There's two ways to get the Go Hunt map. You can sign up for a Go Hunt Insider membership and get the benefits of all the draw odds, harvest statistics, unit breakdowns, strategy articles, as well as access to the 50 state maps, plus savings on gear for being an Insider member. Like right now, they're doing double points. For an Insider membership, sign up now at GoHunt.com, use the J. Scott promo code, and get a $50 GoHunt Gear Shop gift card just for signing up. You can also just sign up for a GoHunt Explorer membership, and that gives you access to 50 states for 50 bucks. Use the J. Scott promo code. Guys, also, don't forget to get a 10% discount on gear at the Go Hunt Gear Shop by using the J. Scott promo code. You can also reach out to my friend Cody Nelson of 20 plus years, either by phone or by text, 602-399-3699. Make sure you tell him I sent you. I want to thank GoHunt.com for their loyal sponsorship of my podcast. We're over 815 episodes in, and they've been with me for, since the beginning. I also want to thank Kuyu Ultralight Hunting for their sponsorship of this podcast. They provide the gear that I use on all of my hunting adventures. You can go to the Kuyu website directly, kuiu.com, order directly. They're a direct-to-consumer company. Uh, they make the best gear in the in the hunting industry, and I've been a loyal supporter of theirs for years. Also, phonescope.com. Go to phonescope.com. Use the J. Scott or jscott22 promo code, and you're going to get a 10% discount at PhoneScope. Guys, thanks for listening to the podcast. Thanks for, for supporting me. If you have any questions or you'd like to send me a comment, the best way to do that is on my Instagram account, at jscottoutdoors. Again, let's get right to this episode, and thanks for your support. Guys, welcome to the J. Scott Outdoors podcast. I've got my brother from another mother, Daniel Franco of Burnt Timber Outfitters on the line. Daniel, how you doing? Good, man. How you doing? I always like to catch you a little bit off guard. Well, if we're brothers, I'm pretty sure uh, I got the looks because you got everything else. <laughs> oh, oh, man. It's, it's been a while since I've talked to you. Um, here we are. We're sitting mid uh, August, we've got um, archery deer hunts kicking off. We've got antelope hunts. We've got the elk season about a month away. Um, wanted to get you on here and just get a, a, you know, kind of how things are looking, how monsoons, how the grass is looking, what, you know, what what's going on up there in the 3C, 4B, 4A, all the unit one, all that stuff that you're born and raised there in, in uh, Hebrew, Arizona. Well, um, I guess starting out, um, to kind of preface a little bit last year, kind of the end of, end of summer, early fall. Um, as you know, we got quite a bit of rain. Um, I don't know exact numbers, but it was pretty substantial. Um, we got a bunch of rain. Um, it did grow a little bit of kind of late summer, early fall feed, um, which was pretty pretty good for for elk and deer and everything so going into this winter we had a, a surplus of feed um we did have a pretty mild winter which which helps um especially on their overall 
um, health and stuff. So, so going into this year, we were we were pretty optimistic, uh, just based on kind of that late uh, late summer, early fall moisture that we got last year. Uh, we didn't get as much moisture as I would have liked this winter, which was kind of a little bit of a downer. Um, the spring, we got a couple of kind of timely storms. They just happened to fall right into place and right when we needed it the most and, and kind of green stuff up a little bit. Um, and then, of course, going into to May and June, we, we got pretty dry. So, I mean, we were we were kind of up in the air as far as kind of how this year was going to look and what our what our outcome was going to be for antler growth this year. Um, with that said, um, we've basically spent about the last three weeks um, in mostly kind of the lower country, most of uh, most of 3A and, and 4B uh, north of the, the forest boundary. Um, there's been some limited opportunity elk hunts out there that uh, we, uh, my, my daughter was fortunate enough to draw one of the tags and we had a client uh, in one of the other. So we've been spending quite a bit of time out there and, um, you know, starting about the, the second week of June, we started getting some rain, um, greened it up a little bit, but not, not a lot. But since then, um, we've had, and I, I don't know exact numbers, but I, I know it's over 10 inches. Uh, I've got a friend with a rain gauge. He's been checking it regularly and kind of texting me what we've been getting. And since the middle of June to now, so in the last two months, um, we have had over 10 inches of rain right here in Heber. Um, I know up towards, you know, kind of the higher elevations of 3C, uh, 23 North, Unit 1, um, it's probably even more than that. Um, but it is, I mean, it, it's as green as I've seen it since I was a kid, uh, since growing up in the, you know, kind of the late 80s, early 90s. I can remember when we would start school, it was just as green as could be. And it's that's what it looks like now. It's um, tons of water, tons of tanks. We've had multiple occasions where water has been running across the highways, uh, different highways even as, as far, you know, north as halfway to Holbrook. So um, definitely have had a ton of rain. It's been awesome. It's been wonderful. Um, and surprisingly enough, the uh, the elk that we've seen in that kind of more northern arid country of 4B and 3A, they they look great. Um, we, have, we have yet to see a bull that, uh, that has any sort of, of drought effects to them. They, everything looks good. Everything's grown out well. They're they're just starting to rub velvet. So, um, yeah, it's it's looking like it's going to be a really good year. Um, cows are fat and healthy, and the deer are looking great as well. So, um, everything's pointing towards a, a very positive year this year for antler growth and for healthy animals. With that being said, um, how much of that do you think the the early green up or the you know say June 15th rain, the 10 inches to now, how much of that accounts for everything looking positive? Or is that late fall moisture that came, or excuse me, late summer, early fall moisture that you did talk about, how much of that do you think plays into what, what you're seeing? I think that, I think last year's rain was, was the kind of the, what tipped the scale for their antler growth this year. I don't think, I think by, 
you know, the middle to end of June. I think that's a, a little late for the elk. I think it helps a little bit on just kind of finishing out. Um, <clears throat> but I think the, the, the positive antler growth that we're seeing right now, I think a lot of that attributes to the, that late summer, early fall moisture from last season. And as far as size, um, you know, you've kind of seen 3C growing up, you know, born and raised there and growing up and then having the fire and seeing, you know, the tags go up, the tags go down, the bulls go up, the, you know, quality of mm-hmm. antlers, age class, and then go up and down. Where do you think, say, 3C is right now in that spectrum? Do you think it's trending on an upward trend? Do you think it's holding its own or do you think it's, it's, it's going down? Well, I think it's trending up, and um, just kind of based on what we've seen the last couple of years, um, we've had uh, we had a we had a year or two that was a little bit dry, um, where we didn't quite see the the full potential of the antler growth. Um, last year was was kind of a little drier than we would like to see, and and still uh, saw and, and it produced some some really good bulls. Um, and I think this year, I, I think it's trending up. And I guess, you know, one way to to kind of put your money where your mouth is on that is I went into the draw with a lot of points and uh, basing kind of my decision off of last year's moisture and, and the mild winter and kind of some of those timely storms when we when we needed them and, and starting to help green up, I, I went ahead and applied. And so I, I may or may not have, a three C archery bull tag in my pocket. So dirty uh, little dog. <laughs> Boy, so, don't secrets just come out? They, it's sometimes amazing they, how all you have to do is pr- press play on the podcast and you find out all sorts of here, things about And here they come. Gee, so you may or may not have an archery bull so tag. So I may or may pocket. not have an archery bull tag in my pocket. And, and I'll be honest, I, I, I applied this year just kind of saying, okay, let's see what it, you know, what this kind of last season moisture brings the mild winter let's let's obviously see leaning what it on does. our point guard knowing that if if it absolutely well, you could but absolutely from the sound I, of it, I, you're intending to hunt fully because I'll, I'll tell you right now based on what we've seen the last three weeks uh with the bulls that we've seen in in that in that lower country where it's typically drier and that's typically where we see the first signs of drought based on what we're seeing there i have full intentions of of hunting this year so but come september i guess september 7th if 6th if i'm not uh seeing kind of what i want to see then i i do have my point guard and i can exercise that and wait for a different year but uh it, it looks pretty good it looks really good actually so how do you think the full moon being full on the 10th um and i'm sure you thought about that when you applied how do you think that's going to play into say not only your region but just you know across across the west um for those hunts that are starting kind of that same time period what do you what are your thoughts so with arizona starting on the 9th and the full moon i think is the 11th if i remember correctly just from what i 10th remember looking at 10th or 11th so yeah it is going to start out on the full moon um but, you know, and, and that did play a big part in, you know, whether I should apply, whether I shouldn't apply. Um, but with with it starting on the 9th, I think they're just going to be getting going. You know, they're, they're just going to be rolling in. I mean, you, you know how it is in a lot of units, you know, 3C and 23 and 1 and, and you know, 9 and 10. I mean, 
sometimes you don't even see your biggest bulls until the 15th, 16th, 18th, 20th, you know, when, when it's finally actual go time, then the big boys kind of show up. So with that full moon being at the beginning of the season and it being an early start on the ninth, I, I think it'll just be a little bit of a slow start. Right. Uh, but I still think you're going to have big bulls, you know, on their feet. They're going to be traveling. They're going to be checking areas. Where's the cows? Where's who's where? And, and I think, you know, to be honest with you, I think during those, those first couple of days, if you've got a big bull pinpointed and he's not making a ton of noise, he's not in there raising havoc and chasing cows. I mean, that's going to be the best time to kill him anyways. Awesome. So, uh, I, I think it will affect it, but because of the early start dates, I don't think it'll be that bad. And it's one of those things that every day that goes by, the moon will get, be getting, it's getting smaller, darker. and so it yep. should just be exactly by the end of the archery hunt and the beginning of, I'm not sure if three the season, early rifle, early rifle yep. and muzzleloader, but they yeah, it's, be it's just, an early rifle this year. They should be just full tilt by then. Yeah. Just going I, I think that last week of the archery season is, is going to be off the charts. How does, um, you know, with, with three C kind of being the crown jewel there, unit one being good, you know, you've got mm -hmm. your, your four B, um, how does four B look? Four B right now looks phenomenal. Um, I've, I've been shocked at how even, uh, the rains have been over the unit. Um, there, there were a couple of little spots there, um, kind of in the middle of July where it was green all the way around and there were just little pockets that it was kind of missing. But um, since then, I mean, it's it's pretty much, I mean, all the way from Heber to, to Joe City, I'm, I'm amazed at how green it is and how just, how evenly it's covered the unit. Um, and we've, we've seen the same in 3A. We've seen, you know, the same even up going into 3B and up into unit one. It's just been, it's been just, dispersed pretty evenly over the unit so um it's not like it's just real pockety green where the elk are going to have to concentrate because that's where the feed is it's pretty much unit wide okay so let's talk about that real fast um with it being green all over that spreads them out how does that play mm -hmm. in anybody out there with a tag what advice would you give them or what would you tell them about if if it is got them spread out what kind of strategy you know what what should they be thinking about well i mean the the definite benefit to having them spread out is a lot of times you can find a a, a little group of elk that's you know got the right bull with them that you can have to yourself um you know you're not it's not like they're all congregated so all the hunters are going to be congregated by spreading them out across the unit evenly um, it definitely cuts down on that competition and having other hunters in there chasing, you know, your bull and, and, and all of that, you know, on the, on the flip side, it does make it a little harder to sometimes find that bull. And that's where a lot of scouting and, you know, even running around in the evenings and listening for bugles and seeing, you know, where elk are and where they're not and, and getting them located and, and going from there. But I personally, I, I prefer it when it's like that, when they are spread out, you know, you don't have 150 head elk in this drainage, and then you don't have anything for three or four miles before you get to the next pocket of elk. I'd rather have them just kind of more evenly spread out. Spreads um, the hunters out too. Spreads the hunters out. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, so okay. 
I'm going to put you on the spot here with what you, <laughs> what you're forecasting. What kind of bull? If you if you just had to guess on in three C on the archery, let's put all the hunts together. What do you think okay. the biggest bull? What do you think the biggest bull in three C will be this year? Oh, you are going to put me on the spot. Um, I based on what I've seen so far. Um, this year, it would not surprise me one bit to see a couple of bulls pushing that four killed out of three C this year. Okay, what about four B? Um, it wouldn't surprise me for a couple of three eighties to come out of four B this year. No kidding. No kidding. What about three B? Three B. That one's kind of three B is a little bit different. Um, it's pretty similar to 3C in the fact that um, a lot of the elk come off of the reservation. Um, but for some reason in 3B, it, it, it kind of, some years they come off and there's a lot of elk in 3B and some years they don't. So 3B is kind of one of those units that you just never know what you're going to get. Um, I mean, barring the elk do come off and, and they kind of flood into 3B like they have on, on other years. Uh, same thing. It wouldn't surprise me to see a 380 bull come out of there. What about one? One is, <laughs> one's been improving. Um, you know, it kind of took that big hit when they, when they raised the amount of late tags and it opened up with the burn and, you know, people and, and long range rifles, they really put a hurting on them on the late hunts, but it, it's coming back. And I, I would say the same. I think it could, I think it could produce a 380 bull this year. Wow, that's this fantastic to hear. Yeah, um, it's yeah. what about twenty three? Uh, twenty three is one of those kind of similar. You know, you get a lot of those bulls coming off the res. Do they do they stay in the unit? Do they cross back onto the res? Um, I would put it right there with with three C. It wouldn't surprise me to see a a bull touching the four hundred inch mark to come off of there. Okay, let's shift gears um, real fast and let's. Um, talk about the mule deer buck specifically in 3c mm. how is it looking <laughs> uh phenomenal so i know i've talked about this in the past but our our deer right here along the mogollon rim and, and even running over into one and 27 um they are on a later cycle than your your strip bucks than your utah bucks colorado bucks um so their their growing cycle runs later than kind of typical across the west and because of that and because of the timing of the rain man i see nothing but positives for the mule deer this year in 3c um just because the you know it wasn't a hard winter it was a very mild winter um there were quite a few good carryover bucks that that made it through and then with the with the moisture hitting in june we're already starting to see acorn so we're going to have an acorn crop which helps the deer um they're not going to rub until end of september first of october so i mean their their whole growing um antler cycle is going to be right during all this this prime moisture and vegetation and feed and there's absolutely no reason that they should be even think drought okay. let alone see it in their horns correct me if i'm wrong but last year didn't 3c have a december hunt 
It did. Did it? Did it pan out to be the hunt that everyone thought that it would be, or did it not really pan out? I don't think it did. Um, I'm, I may be. And is that called one again this year? Did it rotate? It is. Okay. Yep. Yep. Okay. There's there's ten tags. Um, so we ended up hunting last year with a with a client from Colorado, and uh, we spent a total of eleven days hunting, and we had. I'm going to say probably nine or 10 other days of, of scouting um, during the hunt while, while he had gone back home to take care of some work. And of course, Christmas is in there and everything else. Um, but, but we hit it pretty hard. We had multiple guys out in the field looking. Um, I mean, I don't think there was a day that we had less than three guys spread out looking around. And uh, I was kind of curious how this hunt was going to go. It was the first time they'd done it. And I'll be honest, I was, I was disappointed. Um, we had found and killed better bucks during the October hunt than what we saw in December. Um, I think the biggest thing that a lot of people don't realize is once, once we start to get snow, um, pretty much everything north of, of the 300 road that runs all along the reservation fence as soon as that gets snow, it's all north facing. So that's, it's not like it snows and two days later it melts off and the deer are just in there thick. It, it, it snows and it stays there and it's, it's cold on that north face. And, uh, uh, so a lot of those deer that kind of hover along the 300 road, you know, within a mile or two, uh, we lost a lot of those deer to the reservation. They crossed over. Um, we drove through there two days after one of the snowstorms. And I think we cut two deer tracks and both of them were, were heading south for the, for the Fort Apache. Mm -hmm. Um, so we lost quite a few of the deer that we normally have, um, that crossed over. And then some of the other deer did kind of push to the north down into that lower elevation stuff. And, uh, that's where, that's where most of the deer were, but it was to, to me, it was a little bit of a bust. Um, we ended up seeing, um, pictures of all of the bucks that were killed, and, um, yeah, to be, to be blunt and to be honest, it was, it was a disappointment for us. Do you think on the right year, if you didn't get snow and it kind of was dry that they'd actually stay up and it might be pretty good? I do. I do. I think, you know, the snow, it kind of, kind of helps you kind of hurts you type of deal. You know, it does make them easier to see and kind of gets them on their feet a little more, but, um, yeah, once you, once that higher elevation gets snow, we, we lost those deer. Um, and I think we ended up getting two pretty decent snowstorms. I think the one was probably three to four inches. The other one was probably five to six. So, uh, but just enough to, you know, that it was cold and they just, they don't like it and, and crossed over the top and went for sunnier Southern slopes. So, well, let me ask you as, as optimistic as you are about the deer, would it surprise you if there's a deer over 200 killed in three C this year? No. Would it surprise you if there were three or four deer over 200 killed? Uh, yeah. So it's, I could it's see, a one I could or see two, a, maybe. I could see a couple, maybe three. I, I don't see much more than that, but I mean, I don't know. Time will tell. Okay. Um, I know you've been spending some time in the low country. Let's talk about antelope a little bit. What are you seeing mm -hmm. out there? How's it looking? 
Uh, antelope numbers. So the the game and fish over the last couple of years in in you know four A, four B, three A, a little bit of three C. They've they've kind of decreased tags here uh, just in the last year or two, um, and we're starting to see a little bit of a rebound there because of that. Um, I'll be honest, we, we spent quite a bit of time in 4B last year on the antelope hunt and uh, kind of thought we had you know most of the bucks figured out. And uh, this year we've actually found a couple of bucks that, that we don't recognize from last year, unless they, you know, had a really big growth spurt and blew up last year that, I mean, there's, there's some pretty good bucks out there. So, um, yeah, it was, it was, it was encouraging to go out and see some, some good solid bucks, um, considering the, the hunting pressure and the amount of tags and stuff that we've had, uh, the last few years. So nice. Well, that's always, that's always good to hear. Yeah. Um, okay. So in recap, you're just pretty optimistic. You, you haven't been this optimistic in the last couple of years. Um, no. <laughs> this, so, so you're licking your chops, especially with the tag in your pocket. Yeah, yeah, we're we're ready to get going. So awesome, awesome. Well, it's always great having you on the podcast and uh, getting your take on things. Uh, Want to give you a chance to let the listeners know how to reach out to you guys, um, Burnt Timber Outfitters, uh, and find out more information. And uh, I'll let you do that now. Uh, mainly, just uh, I mean, if you want to follow us, kind of more closely uh instagram at burnt timber outfitters and uh, we also have a website burnt timber outfitters.com um those are probably two of the best ways we've got our emails phone numbers on there um we're pretty much filled in emails and calls on a daily basis uh with people with points you know what should i do here what do you think here um but yeah those are those are probably some of the best ways to kind of follow us see uh, our successes and kind of what's going on and and uh get a hold of us. Awesome, man. Well, thanks for coming on the podcast, sharing with us. I'm pumped about uh, your tag. Um, it doesn't surprise me because it always seems that you have a tag of some <laughs> sort in your pocket from some state right up your sleeve. You oh, know? come on now. And, come on, Jay. <laughs> and, and <laughs> it's just amazing how giant animals fall when you have tags, whether it be Mexico uh, or wherever you're at, something big is going to hit the ground. Yeah, um, we'll see. <laughs> so, but it's going to be hard to beat the last bull. I think, um, what was that? Oh, when you had the tag and uh, shot the three, what was it three eighty five or three ninety something like that? Uh, three ninety three was in 07. I was gonna say oh eight, so yeah, oh seven. So it's oh <laughs> seven. Shoot, you're a little longer in the tooth since the last tag. Yeah, but let me tell you what that does too. <laughs> when you get out there and you see, a, I mean, let's be honest. Anybody that walks away from a three seventy bull is an idiot. <laughs> so I don't want to be an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> You know, there's just something to say about a big, clean, and I'm a typical kind of guy, but a big, clean, typical six-point or inline seven that's 370. I mean, you just you just don't let those bulls walk. Yeah, well. So I'm not I'm not dumb. I mean, I'm, <laughs> Contrary I, to your belief. I was going to say, if I talked, if I had a podcast <laughs> with your wife, I, I'm sure I could get a different story. Oh, yeah. That. Let's not let's not bring her on. <laughs> uh, um are you a, are you a grandpa yet? I am. 
Oh my gosh. I'm, I'm a grandpa and, of six months. You and Mikey both. <laughs> <laughs> Mike, he'll be a great grandpa, but before long. Uh, he's he's getting closer than I am, that's for dang sure. <laughs> well, uh, congratulations. Hey, thank you. Thank you. I noticed uh, you didn't ask me about the turkeys up here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm smarter than that. <laughs> okay. Okay, let's, let's 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 ask, have you seen a turkey in the last twelve months in three C? Yes. Can you count them on one hand? Yes. <laughs> I saw four gobblers back in October on the 3C deer hunt. Those were the last turkeys I've seen. And people are listening that probably don't, haven't listened to us long enough or know us. And, I mean, when was this? Probably... Oh, six, oh, seven, oh, eight. So we would run around in 3C, me, Daniel, Mikey, the whole crew, we, and we'd go out in the morning, and I'd go one way, they'd go another, and we'd come back, and we'd eat breakfast, and we'd say, how many did you hear? And it was yep. not uncommon, not uncommon, you know, between driving in the dark, listening on the roost, to come back and say, I heard 18, I heard oh, yeah. 14, I heard 22. 27, I heard yeah. 20. Yep. And that's everybody going in different directions to see where the turkeys were and where they are now is so sad. Disgusting. I mean, yeah. so sad. It used yeah. to be phenomenal. It's, it's bad. It's bad. So, in fact, it, it's gotten to the point where... You don't even put in for it, do you? No, no, heavens no. No, I'm smarter than that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, even even the youth tags, you know, they get first crack at them. And, and we used to for... have a ball on those youth tags. I mean, oh, we were I trying know. to find I... any kids we could find just because it was so Just awesome. to take them. Yeah. I know. I can remember taking... Jay and Will. Little Jay and Will, and they were little tykes, and they I think they both shot four or five times in two days. Yeah, I mean... At, at turkeys, and it was like, oh, no big deal. Let's walk to go over to Phoenix pictures. to buy more shotgun shells. <laughs> Oh, ridiculous. Jay's going to be mad at us. <laughs> you'd call in birds and shoot and miss. It's okay. We'll just go over yep. the next ridge, let's call in a couple next more. Ridge. Oh, shoot yeah. again. Okay, let's go. Yep. It was ridiculous. It was. It was. But, yeah, it's it's sad. It is It is sad to, to know what it used to be like and see what it is today. Yeah. So it's, it's just it's disappointing. Well, let's hope for better times. Daniel, but, it's always great having you on the podcast. Uh, I want to thank you for coming on. Okay, buddy? You bet. Good Thank luck you, Jake. Elk tag. Uh, God bless. Okay. You bet. Thanks, man. Bye. Bye.